This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Backery, coming at you with another outstanding, because aren't they all, episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, I have been having uh, a conversation uh, for the last 56 minutes and 40 seconds with the... Um, I was going wait, I, by God, I was going to say something nice about the guests on this episode. I forgot for a second who they were. <laughs> um, with uh, two guys that... Um, like uh, so, imagine there's like a, a, a imaginary list of podcast guests that I had, um, like pinned to my wall when quarantine started. Imagine that I've gone through all of those, and then picture another fifty feet of shit, and then find these two uh, gentlemen. Schwinny Poo and Drew Steele of the uh, very good and very entertaining. Uh, I do mean that, and and they are both good friends and they're very good at what they do um posting and toasting show is it the posting and toasting show or the posting and toasting podcast what is the official name does it matter i mean it matters a little bit i guess <laughs> okay, it's the posting and toasting show okay uh how are you guys doing good very good yeah. Doing all right. <laughs> Again, we, we we're like in the middle of a conversation that we, we've just been having, so this is kind of weird. Uh, this is for your benefit at home. Um, so if it's all right with you, listeners, we're just going to continue with the conversation. Um, we'll give you a quick uh, a quick recap. So, um, Schwinn, in all of his glory, uh, took issue with with my position uh, on the last one of these podcasts that I would basically give up the farm for Donovan Mitchell. Um, we decided to hash it out on the pod, which we just did. Which so if you if you missed episode uh, or the first half of this episode, go check out the PNT show. Um, and he won. What can I say? I conceded. <laughs> I said that he was right. Um, that 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 it would. I, it's tough to say that. I gotta say, tough to say it out loud. Um, he was right uh, in that it would not be wise for the Knicks to completely enter exit uh, exit enter no empty the cupboard for Donovan Mitchell, um, mostly because I, I, they would then be banking on essentially Giannis signing in free agency, which, you know, maybe is going to happen. Maybe, um, won't happen. Um, but, uh, the league has more players in it than Donovan Mitchell. And, uh, at some point they will uh, begin playing basketball again. And inevitably those names will, you know, surface as unhappy as, uh, you know, wanting to explore other options or this, that, the other thing. So I think for the second part of our discussion, what we're going to do now is go through some of those other names and see now that we have established that Donovan Mitchell isn't worth giving up the Godfather package for, is somebody else worth it? 
Um, I, can I just say I'm going to be really boring on this podcast because I don't think the Knicks should trade for anybody right now. I don't think there's any feasible trade for any player they could get that makes sense from where they are as an organization and franchise. Like, I just think that the idea of trading for your franchise player is ass backwards. Like, you either need to develop one internally or sign one in free agency without giving anything up. Like, which is why the entire Lakers scenario has worked out because they didn't have to give up anything to get LeBron. And then they traded all of that stuff that they did not have to give up to get him to get AD. And like that can work, but I don't think you can trade for a guy and then hope for free agency. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's just like a, well, that's, that's the most like, that's, that's the Nixiest, you know, that's, well, no, we were talking about precedent uh, on the last episode and it would be, and correct me either of you, if I'm wrong, I don't think ever before in NBA history has a team, Traded for the their best player, a, a a true 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 contender. Traded for their best player without already having a foundation in place. And like immediately, things that come to mind are like Barkley to the Suns, um, Moses Malone to the Sixers. I'm sure there's a couple obvious ones that I'm forgetting off the top. Of my, uh, Shaq to the um, Shaq to the Heat. Um, they already, those guys, those teams already. They had. already had. Yes, they already had their foundations in place. The the idea of and, trading and the for Shaq the first block. Shaq did you say Shaq to LA or Shaq to Miami? Shaq to Miami. Did I did I screw that? Oh no. yeah yeah yeah. Okay, yeah, I thought you said Shaq to LA because I was like, I think he just signed right. So they um, Garnett to uh, the Celtics. Um, Kawhi to the Raptors. Um, it, yeah, these are. The foundations were in place at all of these spots, and, the- and even that Kawhi thing—it would—it doesn't work unless Siakam takes the leap at the exact like, yeah, like necessary if, if, time that he needed to take the leap. <laughs> also, doesn't work and, if they traded Siakam for Kawhi, <laughs> right? Yeah, Which yeah. They, I mean, yeah. they—I—I that, that, can't believe how unbelievably stupid the Spurs have become over the last three. Years. <laughs> That's a definite, absolutely insane. Yeah, it's different conversation. Well, yeah, yeah, different combo. But okay, so. Then we have to find a way to make this conversation interesting. So here's how I'm well, going to. Basically, this is basically is it Detroit? What we're doing. Is, is it Detroit, by the way? Is Detroit the only team? That what? Like they didn't really have a foundation, right? They just they're, kind of like, they're the anomaly of the last 40 like, years yeah. in the league. They're just the anomaly. Yeah. I guess like they drafted Tayshawn Prince if we really want to, like. Yeah. <laughs> like I, if we really. I I can't even yeah no I can't even I can't even factor them in um and and just to be to be clear so this makes sense for if if you are new to this conversation didn't listen to the last episode or the P&T show um the offer that we're we're starting with here and we could well it the way we'll have the conversation is basically what would you give up for the guys we're going to talk about um the offer is essentially RJ Barrett and two unprotected first round picks, um, which would essentially be cleaning out the cupboard. Um, and um, yeah, you wouldn't really be left with anything other than Mitch Robinson. So, and, and let's also be clear when we say clearing out the cupboard, that's not to say that like the Knicks are offering up, you know, like you know, like the, the, the three most premium assets in the NBA or something. No, no, like the Knicks their cupboard. It's their cupboard. It's our cupboard. It's a, to twenty one and we love our cupboard. cupboard. It's it's a very nice cupboard. Um, it has like, a lot of potential. Like it has a lot of you know the the cupboard is beautiful on the outside. It's got a, it's a very big 
It's a big cupboard. It has a lot of cabinet space. But the problem is there's nothing in it yet. It's not a whole lot in it there. There's like well, a no, nice there's, so the butter. only thing that's there is like that hot <laughs> Hungarian paprika that your grandmother has that's like 10 years old. You're like, is this still good? Is it not? Dude, I, I have Hungarian. I have a tin of Hungarian paprika on my counter as we speak. I use it <laughs> occasionally. Every, every fucking Italian person <laughs> has hot Hungarian <laughs> paprika in their cupboard. Do they, they, use it? they don't use it for like much anything, but they have it. Oh, I use it, buddy. <laughs> speak for yourself. I just made a pot of Macri, chili before Macri that puts I put it in a scotch. <laughs> yeah. uh, it didn't take us long to get off the rails. Um, uh, do you think if I texted my wife to bring me up a, another beer? Because I run my beer is empty. Um, do, she would probably take issue with that, right? Oh, 100%. You, 100% I should do it, or 100% she would take issue with it? She would take issue with it. I take issue with it. Well, you would take issue um, you're, you're not one half of a loving, wholesome marriage, uh, Drew. So, yes, I am. What are you talking about? You're married? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've been married for like over a year now. I, 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 uh, my presence in the mail. Um, oh, I can't <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. What? Yes, it would be emptying our cup. Well, before we get to naming some names and seeing if any of these guys actually would move the needle for you, um, Schwinn, um, I I am curious about this because you mentioned like our best assets, and I, obviously you're very high on RJ Barrett. I'm not low on RJ Barrett. I'm I'm probably higher than most, but not as high as you. I wonder, like, if the choice was either rj barrett or like one of these unprotected future picks it's it's almost two different conversations like which asset would one of these teams rather have and then which asset would the knicks rather give up and maybe it's the same answer but like i guess i I think it's worth at least touching on quickly because theoretically if you get a guy of a certain caliber and i don't know if any of the guys we're going to talk about will, will rise to that level like doesn't the value of any picture sending out in the deal go down like you know what i'm saying yeah yeah of course um i personally would rather have rj barrett than name a pick in this draft um mostly because i just don't think oh i'm not talking about this is- draft i'm talking about it's like the 21 draft, the 22 draft. The 22 yeah. Draft. I mean, the, the, the thing is like, I like this, why I said, I'm just going to be incredibly boring in this podcast. Like I just cannot wrap my head. If RJ Barrett was better, I might actually be like way more into trading, putting Mitchell Robinson in a trade or the 21 unprotected first. Like, like I would, I would probably be more okay with that then because I would be like, Oh no, RJ is hundred percent. The guy like, He's one, he's one of the, the two or three guys that we need. Like, so we're good with that. Like, that's fine. But he's not. He hasn't been good enough yet where I'm like confident of that, right? Like, I don't know. And, and even if I, even if I like his chances of becoming, say, a top 15, 20 player in the NBA, like, that's still probably three or four years away. And that's, yeah. you know, that's being somewhat generous. Very generous. So, like, yeah, I just, it's very hard for me to, unless you were telling me Giannis, I'm like, okay, then sure, I don't, I don't give a shit. Give up whatever the fuck you want. Like, it's Giannis. You know, that's that's an easy sell. Um, 
but it's not like so i mean i, I don't know we can just start with whoever they want to start with i don't try to give less boring answers no i know <laughs> i think you're i think you're just being honest um it's interesting because like the pick like the 21 22 23 picks as of right now are some of the best assets i think probably in the entire league because the Knicks track record is what it is and they don't look primed to be contending anytime soon um but at the same, which is a, which is all the more reason why your your position on principle is correct, because putting even aside like whether or not it's a good move for the Knicks to give up stuff to get better, um, the value of those picks like goes down the moment they get better. Which, but again, it's complicated because the, if the, are the picks going out in the deal, whatever. Um, all right, the first name I wrote down was Joel Embiid. Um, Drew, let me go to you. Are you? What are you giving up for for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have a Embiid Embiid let's call him Embiid uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have a, a cat fight in the streets of Philadelphia it's very public uh, it's aired on TMZ um, Joel Embiid demands a trade um, what are you what are you doing I'm basically doing your trade but taking out RJ Barrett and putting in Mitchell Robinson if they want an extra pick go for it. So two unprotected firsts, Mr. Robinson and one of the Dallas picks. No, I would no, I would start off with the two unprotected picks and Mitchell Robinson. And if they're like, we really want the Clippers pick, I'd be like, fine, go ahead, take the Clippers pick. I don't care. Uh, Schwinn? Uh, I'm not trading for Joel Embiid. Look at you, I'm, you're a fucking just, party pooper. No, but I'm, I'm just <laughs> like, I cannot take a guy seriously who can't get in fucking shape in his prime. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Like, Shots fired. I watched, I watched Patrick Ewing fucking sacrifice his like, body on the court for a decade. And now I have to listen to Charles Oakley's drunken bullshit every other week. Oh, um, canceled. Like, canceled. Like, Charles Oakley's been canceled. I, I, I cannot, no, me. I'm canceled. No. <laughs> I can't. I cannot. I cannot justify trading like valuable, valuable assets for a guy who in the middle of a goddamn playoff series is getting sick because he can't stop eating fucking McDonald's and his team loses in game seven. Like I can't do that shit, man. I don't think I'm it was sorry. McDonald's. I think it was, um, no, it was, it, well, no, that was back in the day, but the, I think it was like, um, what's the, What's the uh, hamburger chain with like the the star, like the yellow star with the smiley? Hardee's, Hardee's. Carl's Jr. I think maybe it was yeah, maybe it's Carl's Jr. I think that it was very specific the 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 takeout orders he had. Um, but anyway, yeah, I get I get the point. So the counter to that, which is totally fair. I mean, Joel Embiid is. Even, and I love Embiid. I like I, right, I think you can list tons of reasons why you wouldn't want to trade for Embiid, and they're all valid. So it's not like I don't get it. It's just like you're right. Like you got sunned by a fucking average Al Horford because he couldn't be in shape. So like, I get that. The also argument, the, the pro argument is that he was one Kawhi shot, like bouncing the opposite direction away from getting to the finals. Right. That, so like that team was so stacked. Like, I think, I think people forget like to have Embiid, Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler right. and Tobias Harris, like Tobias Harris is like a like, top, 35, 40 players, something like that. When he's your he'd, fourth best player. Yeah, he's player. the fourth best player. And like, yes, I know Ben Simmons. JJ Redick. Yeah, also. JJ Redick was yeah, very, very, very good. Like, uh, probably what? Uh, at worst, the fourth best shooter in the NBA. He would have right been now. the best player of the Knicks last year. Yeah. But he's like, at worst, the fourth best shooter or something like that in the NBA yeah. right now. And, you know, so like, you had this no, team fucking loaded. Sorry. And, th- like, 
all they needed to get through that series and probably win a chip because I think they matched up really well with Milwaukee. And I think that with how everything happened, how it did with Golden State, like odds are Phillies just too strong for them. Like all they needed Joel and B to do was just give a shit for like two months. Like I, I did this. I did this with J.R. Smith. And Joel Embiid is five billion times the player J.R. Smith is, but I did this shit with this guy. Like, I cannot deal with guys where – if I have to find excuses for you for why you went off the rails in the playoff, I can't Hold do it. Hold on. Are, are you well, – no, are the, you holding it against him for the, like, eight minutes or ten minutes he sat per game? Because, obviously, I'm no, sure you know the, the on-off serious. numbers for that series, no, right? I, I was am- I'm amazed, but I think Joel Embiid should be, like – he should be a MVP candidate. Okay, like he he should be a top three player in the NBA. He should be a lot of things, but he is not any of those things because he does not give a shit about being in shape. Like he doesn't care about it. And I don't know. He's what, 24, 25 now? He's in his fucking 50. He might be 26. He's in his 60 in the NBA. Like if he's not going to do it now, why the hell am I going to believe that? Oh, like you cannot. If you treat guys certain ways and you keep justifying their worth through contracts and trades, why would they change who they are? Why would they change how they play? Why would they change things about them? Like I I my I think the the obvious it may not be the correct answer, but the obvious answer is to show the people that traded him away. And again, in my scenario, he's he'd be the one demanding a trade, so it kind of complicates things. But like <laughs> I, No, but I mean look, we yeah, look, yeah, we yeah. saw Shaq do it through do this throughout the course of his career. When he would go to a new team, he would get kind of new motivation and he would um twice he won a championship. Um, you know, the Suns it didn't uh, didn't quite work, work out so well, um, but I think Joel Embiid has a lot of Shaq in him, and I to me personally I would give up the the trade that Drew said, um, Mitch and two unprotected because I think if you have Embiid plus R.J. Barrett, then you're one guy away, and I'm not right. saying that guy would be easy I, to I get. I will say this: it's 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 one of the only guys on this list where if you make the trade, I could easily talk myself into it, and I still think there's a viable path to like get to a championship caliber team that doesn't involve signing Giannis. Um, right, exactly. Like, like, like MB, I, I can talk myself got. in. Yeah. Like when I say I'm against it and it's, it's purely just like, I can't, I cannot sanction, like I cannot sanction that trade just on the basis that I don't trust Joel Embiid. It's not because he is not, like I said, I think he is. I mean, I know what the on off numbers were in that series. They were like, they basically wiped Toronto off the court whenever Joel Embiid played. And, were the Knicks when he didn't play. Um, <laughs> yes. Like that's really what it was. Yeah. And it, I know that I know everything about this guy. Like he is so many things. He is an amazing talent and he kind of has a penchant for showing up in these big games and like big, making big plays and shit like that. But like to be that, I mean, you're if you're trading for him at that, you know, kind of like that asset price where you're talking about two unprotected first, uh, say that, you know, let's say it ends up being the first pick in this draft. Sure. This draft kind of sucks, but it's still the first pick in a draft. Um, another unprotected first, some other first that we have and Mitchell Robinson, like that, that to me is a lot. And you know, if I'm giving that up, like I at least want to trust your professionalism and I don't think I can trust Joel Embiid's professionalism. 
I'll ru- I'm just going to run the risk. That's pretty much it. I'm yeah. willing to risk it with That's Embiid fair. than anyone else. I we still don't know when it comes for Mitchell Robinson. It's really complicated because like he seems like someone who could do so many different things, but he's only just been like a rim runner, right? So if he's just going to continue being a rim, rim runner, he's just basically more athletic which, than Andre Jordan, which is the and most likely outcome, by the way. Which is perfectly fine. It's just yeah. I'm not opposed to that. It's a very valuable piece. It's actually like one of the best role players you can have on like a title contending team when you have your diff- when you have your best players in different positions and at whatnot. So that sort of thing. So it's not that I don't I'm not high on Mitchell Robinson. It's just more of I don't know what he's ever going to become and I don't know what the Knicks are ever going to use him differently. And I do know that Embiid is as hyper efficient in the paint as Shaq and Giannis and all those guys, he generates a shit ton of fouls because now in the NBA, you just everyone, everything's a fucking foul now. And I'll, I'll just run that risk with Embiid because that's the most important shots in basketball. As we discussed with Seth Partno last, you know, the other day is it's points in the paint and free throws and Embiid gets there. Like that's what Embiid does. And I will run that risk of him eating Eddie Curry like amount of cheeseburgers. Yeah. And and if also, he fails, and like if he fails, I'll be like, hey, at least I gave up on like legit. Like at least they failed with legit talent. Yeah, and also this is just like a thing, but big men who shoot under fifty percent from the field that aren't like lights out three point shooters, say like Dirk. Very hard to win championships with those guys as your centerpieces. Very he, yeah, hard. he is forty, uh, just a ten. Tad under 48% for his career. Uh, look, I'm not saying... You're, he, you're running tons of risks, too, because Embiid thinks he can shoot the three. He can shoot these, like, 18-foot elbow it, shots. It's like, dude, no, you can't. Just get in the fucking paint the, and just draw fouls the, and dunk on people. Like, there's a hard. lot yeah, wrong... It's, very, it's, it's hard to do that all the time. It yeah, takes no, there, so I get it. He's yeah. leaving. He's leaving a lot on the table. Um, there's a lot that you would have liked to Just see. Just like Shaq, who left a lot on the table. Too. Yeah, and and at the same time, if I was able to bet even money on that dude winning uh, one MVP, like if you were, if the over under was 0.5 MVPs, you gave me even money for Embiid over the course of his career. I'm taking the over. Um, just I'm convinced that one year it may only be one year, but there's going to be yeah. one year where he's like, you know what, f everybody. I'm going to go out and like basically show the world that I'm the best player in the league and he'll, he'll do it. Um, if there's, if there's ever a guy that has like, like random late, <laughs> late prime Hakeem type like realization, yep. it would be, it's, MVP. it's definitely, a yeah. yeah. It'll always be like one day he's like 32. He's like, I, oh yeah. Okay. I, guess, <laughs> I could do guess this. I'll just win a couple championships now. So, um, I guess, so we'll, we'll alternate here. We'll try to go through the rest of these a little, a little bit quicker, which shouldn't be hard because Embiid, I think, is going to be the most enticing, uh, player we're going to talk about. Um, but we'll alternate between the two of you guys. So, Schwinn, it's to you, uh, Joel Embiid's teammate. Let's say the Sixers, uh, want to keep Joel and they are going to, uh, make, um, Ben Simmons the, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, in this Lakers, uh, you know, catfight scenario. Uh, what are you giving up for Ben Simmons? Uh, I would probably do exactly what, um, what Drew said for Simmons. Two unprotected firsts and Mitchell Robinson? Yeah. Drew, how you feel about that? Ben Simmons fucking sucks. There you go. There's, <laughs> there's the hot take. No, I'm so, Ben Simmons doesn't even know what fucking hand he needs to shoot with. But Ben Simmons is. I thought he made a lot of progress this year. I was okay, impressed so with Ben Simmons this year. Ben Simmons is like 
the five and dime version of Giannis and <sighs> he still can't shoot. Ugh. He can't do these sort of things. And like, I, I get it. I'm not going to be mad. Like, look, if the Knicks gave up, um, you know, if the Knicks gave up the trade that Schwinn just proposed, I'm not going to be upset, like truly upset. But you know what? I'm not really going out of my way for Ben Simmons. Like, I, I don't think he'd be the best player on a title team. I don't think he'd be the second best player on a title team. And I just don't have faith in guys who are the primary ball handler who cannot make free throws and cannot shoot more than three feet away from it's room. it's more than can't shoot refuses to shoot refuses to shoot that's um, the same so it's just like i'm out on that guy however he's immensely talented and even five and dime Giannis is better than anyone the knicks probably i think had like, since you know ewing so i'm not, <laughs> I'm not i, I think i think ben simmons is a super like and i don't want to say he's super easy to build around but it's super easy to identify what you need around Ben Simmons. Right. Yeah, but that's throw, very different. Hold on. That's shooters. very different than the first, the, those two things. Super right. easy to identify what you need around him and super no, easy to build around. I, I two very think, different I, things. I don't think it's actually that hard to find what you need to get around. Ben have most of that on the roster anyway. Like you need, you need one other shot creator who can also play off ball, which is like exactly what they still need right now. Um, two other three and D guys and a role man, which they already have the role man. And they can, you can find a role man. Like I know it won't be as good as Mitchell Robinson, but well, like, I, finding a role man is Ben Simmons can be a fucking role man half the time if you have another ball handler. Yeah, like RJ and Ben Simmons to pick and roll. You can throw all the hoops like, to him too. I, and I, I think what he does, def- I don't, I think he's like his defense is fucking ridiculous. I thought he was amazing on defense this year. Yes. Uh, I think he'll probably wind up making first, definitely, definitely second, maybe first team All NBA. Excuse me, he's going to make first team All Defense. Yes, absolutely insane on defense. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think the the annoying thing is Philly really never gave it time for him and Joel to just like breathe with three fucking shooters around them, except because they lost to Boston and they were like. Oh, we gotta like now. We gotta immediately trade for Butler next year, and then hire Elton Brand today. Yeah, Next. like yeah, please <laughs> do that. Um, that's, like, that's that's ownership. That was all ownership was pushing his buttons. I, I I'm giving I'm giving Brand the five percent. Elton Brand the benefit of the doubt. No, I, I think he's I, he he's probably not intelligent. Definitely underqualified for his job, but I don't think that he was really driving the ship either. Um, but like, either way, the point is, um, you know, even though him and Embiid aren't ideal fits, let's say, like, even then, it could have worked if they just kept like the that template of team around them, and instead they just veered so far in a different direction. And you know, like, I'm not saying Ben Simmons is Giannis or anything like that, but like he he actually has surprisingly improved every season. Um, you know, like his defense has gotten better. His scoring efficiency has climbed every year. Uh, like I, I think. There is a lot of stuff there, and I I really feel like if he had his own team, you would. You, I mean, you can see uh, when Embiid is out, and they just have to go with like Simmons. Well, we saw it this year. We saw it. Um, it's pretty fun, man. Yeah. Like he's a pretty fun fucking player to watch, and he, he took on the challenge to. He embraced being the guy in a way that was um not. Like sometimes when somebody's like, "Oh, I get to be the guy now," like it, it turns out really poorly <laughs> it, for it, us. 
I, I, I was going to name names here, but um, we we I think it turned out really well uh, with Ben Simmons. So yeah, I'm um, um, I I actually there's a there's a very very small part of me that wonders if it wouldn't make more sense to do uh, to uh, put um, and again it wouldn't make any sense because they they would be keeping Joel and Bead in this scenario, um, but like do. Well, actually, no. Hold on. So the trade you guys are talking about wouldn't make sense anyway because it wouldn't be two firsts and Mitch because Joel and be there. So really, it's two, it would be two firsts and RJ, which Swin, I'm guessing you're not going to do, right? I'm just going to – I'm saying like I think you that, – that's what I would offer. That's what I offer. That's that's my offer. Like, two firsts and RJ. No, but I'm saying I wouldn't offer that. Like if they if they're like no, – You'd offer two firsts and Mitch and then let them decide. Yeah, if, if they say two firsts and RJ, I'd be like – I'll think I would. I don't know. I I think I might. I would probably just do it. Actually. I would. Do I would it. do that. I would, I would do it. Do it. I, and I, I made some pretty ridiculous Twitter comments a few months ago where I was like, I hope they don't trade for Ben Simmons, mostly because I didn't want the current front office to keep their jobs. Um, but <laughs> so that make them save their jobs. No, it I mean, I, it would, um, <laughs> but I would have no faith. I, the The thing you yeah, said before, Schwinn, about like any idiot could figure out what you need to put around Ben Simmons. I had no faith that the idiots that were here would be able to figure out what you need <laughs> to put around Ben Simmons. So I didn't want that to trade for him. But yeah, no, I would, um, I would give up the two firsts and, and, and RJ and I would, uh, I would take my chances. All right, let's, let's move on um, to a guy that I don't think makes any sense for them to trade for, but I'll just, I'll throw his name out there. Bradley Beal. Is there Drew, no. back to you. No. Is there any scenario no. where that makes sense? No, no, just no. no. I mean, is there a scenario? Sure. Uh, like, the, oh, no, no, a, no. A real a, okay. a, again, the RJ and two firsts or something of that. <laughs> no, okay, are you saying is there a scenario? Kevin Knox, like, Dennis Smith Jr. Here, yeah, <laughs> and Damian Dotson. Like, I'm not. I'm not throwing Beal, in Dot. That's where I draw the line. Okay, if, uh, look, Beal's really good. I really like bradley beal he's might be one of the 10 best players in the league maybe he is not your first best player on a championship team he's not your second best player on a championship team Ah, wait a minute hold on hold on hold on yes he's not he's not a he's not a a ball handler he is he's as much a ball handler as your boy yeah your boy donovan (laughs) mitchell and donovan mitchell's nowhere near as good as bradley beal he's not and i i don't uh, is bradley how so Bradley Bale average, I'm going to pull it up right now. I want to say he did average about five assists this year. So you you guys may hold on. He's he's six assists, six assists this year. Six. He got up to six. Thirty six and four. Yeah, yeah. He's on a on a on a crappy Wizards team. Look, I'm not saying he's stat padding. Shit he's, on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, like look, he's definitely <laughs> he's not stat like he's not stat padding because. He's really good, but like the Wizards stink. When they did, when they were a playoff team, he was still behind John Wall as the best player, and they went nowhere. Like if Bradley Beal was the third best player on the Lakers, and I would say the Lakers should give up everything to get Bradley Beal. That would be the sort of context. It's like you're about a piece away from a championship. Go for it. Like if the Bucks traded for Bradley Beal, like got rid of uh, lame ass Eric Bledsoe and put Bradley Beal with Giannis, they'd be set. They'd be golden. The Nick, that'd be the only type of situation. That you trade for Bradley Beal, he's the missing piece, not someone you trade for when you don't even have any pieces. Um, sh- yeah, I um, Schwinn, what, what do you say? There's no realistic trade to be had there. I mean, yeah. I mean, there is because you know that like the Knicks would probably be like, yeah, th- this is perfect. He's 26, <laughs> like let's do it. Um, yeah. but like they shouldn't, like they really shouldn't. And it, you know, people always, I, I hate this stuff on Twitter too, where like, like, oh, like. Knicks fans just like they, they don't 
they don't want to give up anything to get something good. And it's like, that's not really what it it's is. An it's an oversimplification. Just like, it has to like, the, the timing has to make sense. It has to make sense. Yeah. Like I'm not going to give up everything for Bradley Beal when the team has nothing in the first place. That's just dumb. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm, 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 I'm not even saying the Knicks can't make trades where they give up picks right now, but like, it has to make sense. Like it has to be something where you're like, okay, well we'll trade this year's first and like another first for, you know, fucking, I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, but you know what I mean? Like, like it just has to make sense. It cannot be like Brad Beal is going to be a free agent. In that's, that's the difference is, uh, Ben Simmons is, uh, about to start about a five year extension. Joel Embiid could be the best player on a championship team. If he gets his shit together and he's locked up for three more years. Um, Bradley Beal, I know he just signed. It was just a one year extension. I'm pulling it up right yeah. now. So, so he's he, a free agent in 21. He's a player option in 22-23, so he's only locked up for two more years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because they they would want Barrett in like two unprotected picks, and it's just like the Knicks aren't ready to give up that for Bradley Beal. That's pretty much what it comes to. Beal's a finishing piece. Exactly. In that star bracket, like he's like a finishing star piece. Like he can't be, you know, he can't be like, well, we'll get Beal, and now all of a sudden, everybody's going to want to play in New York. Like, Probably not. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not even. I don't even want to get involved in these trade talks. I'm. I'm with you guys. Doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, here. This might be an interesting. So Trey Young um, decides that he's not getting the limelight that he requires playing down in Atlanta, and um, he pulls a. Um, he pulls a KP. Um, he sends his brother into. Who's running? Uh, Tre- Schlenk? Travis Schlenk? I think he's running the Hawks. Uh, sure. If he pu- if he pulls a KP, I'm pulling a fucking Scott Perry. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm serious. So he's uh, he just this is his him. He's a second year player. Yeah. So whatever. At some point in the next like two years, before he essentially he's he's he enters restricted free agency, he starts making waves, and like the Hawks like secretly start listening to offers. Um, are you, what do you get? Uh, so whose turn is it? It's uh, Drew. Your turn. Okay, so un, unlike me saying Ben Simmons sucks, where I acknowledge that Ben Simmons is actually a good player, so it's not like I'm just saying Ben Simmons like sucks for like take purposes. I actually don't think Trey Young is actually a good basketball player, so no, I don't want any part of Trey Young <laughs> on this team. So like, look, he has all his gaudy numbers. He puts up thirty and ten. He has his stupid ass thirty foot three pointers, and where does that get them? Where does it get the Hawks? A worse record than the Knicks. He is so bad on defense he makes isaiah thomas like short isaiah thomas look like a decent defender like i can't have a guy who's that one-sided who monopolizes the ball who's that small and doesn't actually create any sort of environment for winning like he doesn't do that and he's just a selfish player so it's like no i don't want any part of trey young like get him out of here i've there's i think only d'angelo russell is more overrated between fans and how they actually think he's how good he is It'd be like Trey Young and him. It's it's fucking bananas. No, no Trey. Uh, Get out of here, Schwinn. Uh, I would like. I would offer probably something like two firsts. I would I would offer like two firsts and another first, but I would only do it if I was confident that I could recoup more in trade because I don't really like. It would just be for an asset. It's a, it's just an asset play to me. Like if you're getting Trey Young, because I'm pretty out on him as being a top. I mean, the way he plays, he has to be one of your two best players, right? He probably has to be your highest usage offensive player. 
So I'm pretty out on that scenario playing out with him he, on a title team. He wants the ball all the time. No, it's not that he wants the ball. He needs the ball in order to. He be, wants and needs the ball productive. all that's the time. Kind of the, that's the problem. Like, in order well, for him to create any sort of value on the court, he needs to provide like. But hold on. You're in on 60 percent true shooting. He gives up so much on defense. It almost nullifies it. And you can't guarantee Trey Young's going to put up like prime, like those years, like Gilbert Arenas was like the greatest player in the NBA. Like you can't guarantee that Trey Young is going to do that for a consistent basis. So well, no, he's also just want- smaller. Like Gilbert Arenas was that a big ass guard. Like he was a six, three guard and-, and he was big too, like strong and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like I, it's just, I, Trey Young is just, I, I'm, I'm out on that dude, man. Like I just can't, the way he plays is so – I'm so out on all these. Like to play that way, you have to be a Harden or a Luka who's like, yeah, I can deal with your – like Booker is similar to this, okay, where they're, they're, they're giving up so much on defense, but the value they provide offensively is so great that you can like you can deal, deal with that. With yeah, you can st- – they're so good on offense that they, they vastly outperform what they're giving up on defense. Trey Young is like – awesome on offense even though like you know when you run the offense through one guy so much like they like teams do now with Giannis and Harden and Luka and LeBron and Trey and like all this stuff like yes you're gonna put up numbers and they're gonna look really pretty and that's great but like you're obviously gonna put up numbers because everything is running through you like Julius Randle put up numbers this year because everything ran through him um like it's not rocket science how this stuff works so what is your true value? What is like, wh- how much actual value is Trey Young providing every night of the court? And like, then you look at like, yeah, like his defense, man, this guy can't defend a chair. Like he can't, he doesn't even want to forget. Try, he, he doesn't, can't, he doesn't, he doesn't want, want to. to. He doesn't even try to. And like people are always like, always have this idea of like, oh, well, all, all, like if you're good on offense, you can learn how to play defense. And I'm okay with that mindset to an extent. But like you have to have certain kind of physical tools, right? That are in that not category. be 160 like, pounds soaking wet is what you're saying. Yeah, like he even if Trail wants to be a good defender and like commits to it, like what are we talking about here? This guy, like, can you like every team you play that team in the playoffs? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're running a pick and roll, getting a switch, and then you're just having that guy ISO on Trey Young. Like that's what you do, and teams do that to Steph, and like that is still okay because Steph isn't a great defender, but he's better than Trey Young. Like, way, way better than Trey Young. so much better than Trey Young. Well, it's interesting. And Steph is also Steph. Like, it, yeah. Yes, and no one's ever going to be Steph. <laughs> it is interesting that the Hawks um, probably watched the same things that you do um, and went out and traded for Clint Capella, which was on its face um, not Hilarious. a wise trade. But if you, <laughs> But if you acknowledge the fact that Defense is like they're never going to be able to mask his defense completely. Um, just try to get, um, I guess some modicum of rim protection, uh, in there. And which is where it's at least it's a, it's more of a conversation for me because to, to lean on the guy that you just had on your podcast, um, before me, um, Seth Partnow, um, Trey Young averaged 9.3 free throw attempts. Uh, per game this year he's an 86 percent free throw shooter he's probably going to lead the league in free throw attempts um whenever harden starts to go downhill for like a, a several year stretch he's you talked about Melo on the on our part of the your part of the episode having a 35 usage trey young's at 34.6 uh, or something like that right now he's up there 
I think whereas like you talked about Ben Simmons, the unique challenges that come along with building a team um, around him, even though it's easy to identify what you need around him. I think it's just as easy to identify the types oh, of players that you need. I, I so disagree with that. In terms <laughs> no, I, of I, I know, I agree knowing what you need to build okay. around Trey okay. Young, let it's me, not let that me hard. Rephrase this. Okay, let me rephrase it. What you need is pretty much not just one rim protector because you need multiple rim protectors. Because if you're going to do a pick and roll, you're going to be or doing ISO and switches and things like that. You need someone else on the help. You need four all world defenders on the court with Trey Young. Is that fair to say? Why need Giannis? You need. You need prime Dylan Michael D. Jordan you need Jimmy and Butler and prime Jordan. And, <laughs> and also Jordan is going to kill Trey young within like, Oh my God. Like yeah. Five no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want, I don't know if we can mention that, but let's just say, uh, Parno was not kind to Trey young. Oh, I, I was just talking about that one aspect of his game, which is leave it like that because yes, he's like I said, he's super talented offense. He gets to the rim. He gets to the free throw line. That's great. He's so bad on defense that I, Honestly, he needs to put up the like the will like fifty and ten season in order to be like a good player in, I, in the league. I would um I would give up three I would give up three firsts and I would bring, give up Kadeem Allen. I would yeah. give up any amount that I think I could exceed when I trade him in like two years' time. Okay, that's, I mean that that's fair. Like, because just, I I don't I like I, I I'm out on him as like I I want this guy to be like my future, but I'm not totally out on the idea that you can like get him, have him rack up numbers, and then move him along in two years. Yeah, I, don't, I mean I don't, I don't think they would be trading for him with that with that intent. But. Well, yeah, they don't think like that, but that's what I would do. Um, I mean that's that's a, that's a fair way to approach it, but I just want to like I just want to make it perfect dumb, clear baby. like. He is not a franchise player in in the slightest, like at all. I've I've um, I, that's gonna. I have a feeling that will make some. You know, he's an incredibly divisive player. At least you could acknowledge that, Drew. I mean, there are people who think he's of a him, what player? A, an incredibly divisive player. Divisive, isn't it divisive? Oh, I always say divisive. Is it divisive? Is this it like be. Trier? Is this like Trier? <laughs> Except we know I'm right. It is Trier. You don't um, know. Uh, okay, I don't accept that. Let's let's move on. <laughs> I'm I'm skipping over the next two names because they don't. Uh, the next two names were Damian Lillard and James Harden, and just no. We can. I would love to have Damian Lillard, but no. I've, and Harden, I would hate to have him, but no. Like. Both know for the same reason. Yeah, no. no, it's it's more more of the Beal type of conversation. And Drew, anything you want to add before we? Move oh, no, I just want to say I would I would give up the farm for Damian Lillard, but it would be pointless though. James Harden, as talented and as amazing as he is, I think he he's like in the Ben Simmons where like I know he's talented, but he sucks category. If that makes sense. Uh, if, if I'm just <laughs> sure. like if I'm just like I want the Knicks to be fun to watch for like my own benefit like my own viewing pleasure and i don't care if they just cap out as like a second round exit then i'll just yeah sure i'll give up whatever the fuck for dame well yeah, the, I, I would gladly do that but the, yeah, no you can't oh god he's making 50 million dollars in in 2023-24 he's worth every penny i love damien i just i i don't think i've actually it's been a while since i've scrolled through hoops i've been seeing the the 5-0 i mean he's probably not the only guy i'm sure there's uh at least somebody else who's yeah, his teammate, CJ McCollum. 
<laughs> yeah, not, not quite, but close. All right. Um, all right. Let's get to the last three guys on my list. My wife doesn't uh, murder me as we move past the two hour mark collectively of speaking. Um, I think this is actually going to be the most interesting one. Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I read. <laughs> where did I read this? Um, oh, God. Um, oh, Berman, the Bermanator. Um, Berman. <laughs> I, I Mark Berman is my idol. I love Mark Berman. Um, we all like. Him. He's a great guy. He's a nice kid. He's really. If it's you, funnier if you, to call him Sperman. Yeah, that's all. That I'm going to leave that to your you and your <laughs> devices. Um, he had. I'm oh, I'm 99 sure it was him in a a recent like Q and A column or something that he did for the Post. Had um or maybe it was so, uh, someone else I know you're a huge fan of Steph Bondi. One of the two of them had I'm in their column some, killer. something about um. <laughs> I'm, I'm just moving on something about <laughs> Tibbs and uh, like whose fault the whole debacle in Minnesota was and basically snuck in something about like um, Tibbs didn't have an issue with Wiggins, but had a yeah, mess. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was Berman. Mer- yeah. He, but he had, a, he had a big issue with towns cause towns is uh, I guess, how, how should I put this? He is what Jimmy Butler oh. called him in, uh, in, in practice that day. Um, I once upon a time was like, I'll give up anything and my mother for Carl Anthony Towns. I, I think I've significantly moved off that. Uh, whose turn is it? Schwinn. Are it's you, Schwinn's turn. are you on the cat bandwagon? I have. So my deepest, darkest secret is that after their rookie seasons, I was like, I think KP is going to be better. Even if, even though he's not better now. And by like the end of their second seasons, I was fairly convinced that KP was better. And then I totally decided fuck KP because we traded him. So I, um, you know, like after like, after we traded him, I was like, no, Cat's definitely better. But, uh, yeah, KP's better, man. He's way better than Carl Anthony Towns because he played defense and Carl Anthony Towns can't defend a fucking chair and he plays the most <laughs> important defensive position on the court and he sucks at it. He's fucking garbage at it. He's a fucking fifth-year superstar, alleged superstar, who lost 18 games in a row when he's on the court. You find me a fifth-year star that ever lost 18 games in a row when they, like, find me. Find me that guy who did that. And when he, when he was out, I'm going to pull up Minnesota. They had a better record. They had a better record without him this year. They were on, like, a 30-win pace without him this year, and they were on, like, a 22-win pace with him this year. And they're not exactly, like, they're not replacing him out there with, like, fucking murderer's rows. Georgie Jang who's probably like 78 <laughs> years old and you know, like a bunch of dudes, like the guy, no, I, I, I will not trade for him. I will not give up shit for him. I like whatever you think about tips, you know, you can think whatever you want and you know, like everybody has their own thoughts about it and that's fine. Like I, he doesn't need to be your cup of tea. You can convince me on reasons about why he's not a good, a, would not be a good coach for the next. Don't tell me, he wasted Carl Anthony Towns. Like he, he should have done more in Minnesota. Why? What is Carl Anthony Towns? People are like having Carl Anthony Towns on your team is this fucking gift. What, what gift is it? What gift is it's it a, to have Ennis Cantor with three point shooting range as your starting center? He has. I was about to say he has generational offensive stats, but that's what they are. They're 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 stats. So, like he he is this numbers god. And yet his team cannot seem to get much of an edge when he's on the court. Like, I mean, 
say what you want about our our enemy, Christoph Porzingis, but I mean, he didn't have he who were his best teammates? Like his best year in New York, his best teammates were fucking he was playing with Jared Jack and Courtney <laughs> Reed and Tim Hardaway Jr. And Shout like, out Jared Jack, friend of the pod. Oh yeah, no, I love Jared Jack. Yeah. We're good with Jared Jack. But like that that was his team, you know, like Michael Beasley off the bench, Kylo Quinn off the bench, rookie Neil Aquino was like could barely like his jerseys hanging off of him. <laughs> like that, Good this times. was the squad. And I believe when he was on the court, they were basically average on both ends of the court. They were yeah, average. They were, like a, they were a 500 team. Oh, no. His, his on off defensive metrics yeah, were like, always outstanding. Like, yeah. I no, no, no. The team was a, a 500 pace when he was on the court. Like, that's what they were. Well, they the were last year he was there. zero, the number that I always will remember is I think with him and Timmy both healthy, they were either like 15 and 14 or 15 and 16 or something. One of like in that. Right, they were about five hundred. Yeah. Either way, the point is like, Kristaps demonstrated an ability. Like, hey, look, give me some halfway decent guys, and I think we we can uh, we can all debate like, where does he rank among NBA big men? And yeah, I've we made can talk about ceiling, but that's not the conversation we're having now. You're you're just saying yeah. it's like a effect on like what does when this person is out on the floor, are they having a net positive effect given everything they bring to the table, or is there the something more? Yeah. yeah, and and Towns, yeah, sure, he does have a slightly net positive effect because he's that good on offense. But like, he's that bad on defense that even though he's putting up these like video game offensive numbers, his team somehow gets zero edge from it. Like, I don't know if people can comprehend how unbelievably hard he, that is. He's a like, he's an atrocity on defense. There's no way to put it other like, than that. I, that's why I, like this whole like D-Lo trade they made to me is fucking bananas. Like you're paying two maxes out for needing two guys just can't defend anybody. I can't wait to see where that uh it is a completely I believe or wait no maybe it's it's it is top 3 protected next year and it's completely unprotected in 2022. Here was yeah. my take. My take this year was if if the Timberwolves were smart they would have, because they couldn't have traded him this year because his extension had just kicked in. If they were smart, what they would have done is waited until his offseason, called up David Griffin, and been like, hey, what's up with, like, we'll give you Cat. Just give us Brandon Ingram and some Lonzo. picks. And Lonzo or something like that. And I think David Griffin would probably be in his, because he's in, like, complete heat check mode right now. He'd probably do that, I think. Um I think anybody, I think, I think a lot of, I I think you would find more GMs that would give up the farm for towns than wouldn't. And I I, I do think this year has, I think that he's, this was a bad year for him. I think like team, you know, before this year, there was a lot of stuff like, well, maybe Tibbs' scheme is outdated and he's mad because Jimmy's a butt face and like Andrew Wiggins sucks and all this but like this year, there were there are no caveats there. Like he played with, they built everything around him. Like he wanted, he had a coach that he liked. Yeah. He is the centerpiece of the offense, and I think word got out around the NBA. Like you know, people aren't stupid; they're watching. Like okay, now show us which. Like you got the keys to the kingdom. Show us. Sh- show me like why we did this. Why are you worth this stuff? And, you know, what did we see? Like, we, we saw him lose to 18 games in a row, which is an incredible achievement for a 50-year star. Uh, 
<laughs> there is. So, all right, that's, that's about it. I think that's all the dirt we have to pile on. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, by the way, I, just, I do want to say as much as I just shit on right now. Yeah, condolences uh, yeah, to so very, very sorry. him and his family. It's awful. And, you know, whatever we think about him as a basketball player, obviously, you know, <laughs> I never hope that upon anybody so that goes that goes without saying we are we are uh animals but we're not monsters on here um drew anything you want to add to about cat no no next person okay so next person i'll save i'll save booker last for schwinn so um De'Aaron fox who is probably like you guys talked glowingly about uh damian lillard he's probably my my Lillard of all the guys that we're, we're talking about here. I, I, I love Darren Fox. Um, what are you doing to try to get Fox here? Hmm. This is kind of tough because I really like Darren Fox, but I don't know if I like him enough to actually trade anything of value for him. I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm just like thinking about it right now. I'm like torn because like, I would uh, like if the Knicks traded like Frank and like this year's pick for him, I, I, it would make sense to me, but at the same time, I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know though. So I, it's, it's, it's tough for me. I, I, I can't figure this one out, honestly, for a Fox. Cause I think he's really good. I think you'd pair well with RJ. I think he does all the things you want in a, uh, in a point guard, like to win games. I just don't know what would make sense. If that makes like, I, I can't really piece it together in terms of value wise but yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at with it uh sure um yeah i i don't i don't know i what did drew say what was your stance here i was just like frank at this year's pick for uh which is needless to say is not a it's not a That's, not a conversation. I would, I would, I would do this year's pick for sure. I would do the Dallas pick, and I'd I'd do this year's Clippers pick too. I would I would give that up, Fox, and um, yeah, see if they say yes to that. I don't think they would because I think Vlade is kind of. <laughs> put himself in a position where he's hitched his wagon to Fox and it would need to be some absurd offer for him to, to make that move. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Sorry. Keep, yeah. keep going. I, I, I don't, I, I, again, caveat, like I did with my imaginary little scenarios before mentioning a bunch of these names, like it would be, it would have to be Darren Fox going to Kings and be like, um, you're, you're trading me and there's no, I'm not stepping on the floor for your team unless you do. Um, it, if that was the case, I, I mean, who the hell knows what the Kings would want to recoup in terms of like trying to get a good player today, trying to get future assets. But like, if there was a way for me to get the Aaron Fox for and and just give up nothing with future assets, I would without question, without question, I would give up two future first round unprotected picks. Not even think twice about it. And the question is, how much would I go up from there? Yeah, I feel very similarly about Fox as I do about Mitchell, where like if you're you know, when you start talking about like trading RJ or Mitch and stuff for these guys, I'm like, eh, that that makes no sense to me. But when you're talking about dealing like just picks like all the picks, I, yeah, it kind of makes sense. In that then then I'm cool with that. I'm I'm very fine with that because I think that um 
there is value in just getting like these rookie skill guys here and then figuring it out. And like, if you can go into next summer with just these young dudes on rookie contracts or like in Fox's case, I think he would be entering free agency. Right. So that would be his, his, like, this is his third season. So they'll, he will be, he's extension, uh, extension eligible this upcoming off season. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, you trade for him and you're like, Hey, look, like, We'll give you the max, but we want to go into next summer with, you know, our as fucking, much cap space as possible. Yeah, because we want to put a team around you. Like, I think if you you can feel pretty good about your team for now and moving into the future, um, if you are able to just convert like future picks into somebody like Fox or Mitchell, um, then you're like pushing out your time frame, but um, but you're not all in on like, you know. Uh, come hell or high water, you got to get Giannis because you have all these, you know, three or four or five young guys that could all that are near nowhere near their peak and can get better. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty much the same about Fox as I do with Mitchell, where like I'm a lot more okay with the pick overpay than a, uh, a young player overpay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it, the more we, you know, we've talked for nearly two hours now, what, what, it's becoming very apparent that like you're higher on RJ Barrett, whatever, I'm, than, than I am, but it, all of these things make a lot more sense, whether it's trading for Fox, trading for, for Donovan Mitchell, trading for Ben Simmons, whatever, um, bringing that player to a team that still has RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson because, what what also happens, and we've obviously implied this in several different ways, but to say it explicitly, it puts RJ Barrett into the role that he's supposed to be in the NBA, which is as a secondary, whatever word you want to use, secondary engine, secondary, like second best player, like secondary something. Um, and it just, yeah, it just, it. It makes a lot more sense that way. Um, all right, Schwinn, we're going to try to finish under the two hour mark here. So I'm going to throw Devin Booker. <laughs> De- uh, oh, wait, we didn't, we, we didn't talk about Ingram. Do you want to talk about Brandon Ingram in like a side? I think we talked about him for like 15 years once before. So, probably not. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we dive deep on the burning Brandon Ingram. All right. You don't. So is that, De- but basically, does Devin Booker, uh, fall into the same category as like, Fox for you in terms of like yeah you'll give up all the picks but you're not touching anybody like RJ or Mitch to to get him I would like I I probably ultimately at the end of it would not trade RJ for Booker um, plus plus a bunch of picks yeah right plus but like it's the kind of thing where I wouldn't do it but if the Knicks did it I could probably talk myself into it being okay because I do think Booker is like, I think he's really special offensively. The shit he did this, like, I, I don't think people really, yeah, if you just look at the raw numbers, not on a surface much better than somebody like Mitchell or Zach Levine, but like, when you're talking about <clears throat> 62 true shooting versus 56, 57 true shooting, and then the fact that that team was garbage and like a lot of stuff going on there, um, you know, just the fact that like he took such a a leap offensively when they immediately put like a competent point guard next to him, like Ricky Rubio. Um, I think it's very telling of just like what he needs and how good he can be in that role. The defense sucks. So yes, hundred percent. I get that. Yeah, but it's not uh, Trey. Young. It's, I mean, no, no one's Trey Young yeah. level bad, but it's, it's like, 
he I think falls into like that Steph Curry like all right listen you gotta really get your shit together and not be the guy like I don't think in a like push comes to shove do or die playoff series teams are gonna be able to like actively target Devin Booker well, they, and they take could, advantage but it of won't, him. It won't be like it won't be as bad, right? It won't no. be. It would never be as bad as Trey Young, and he can kill you on the other end. So, like <clears throat> the way I think about Booker is, if like again, I don't think I would do it, but if the Knicks did it, I would be viewing him as like acquiring Brad Beal three or four years ago, except he's better, way better than Beal was at that age. Um, Sixty-one true shooting. My God. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Yeah, so I, I would probably just do like I would probably end up only being comfortable doing like the Mitchell and Fox type thing. But again, like if you if you're gonna argue that you would give up RJ for him, I don't think that's crazy at all. Uh, Drew, how you feeling? He's like a half step above yeah so like for booker i was always he's super overrated for the most part i kind of felt that way with like Jokic too for like different reasons but like Jokic took a step defensively this year where he actually was really trying on defense so it's like all right now that he's actually trying on defense even though he's still out of shape and fat and all that sort of stuff but like now just the fact that he's trying makes him an immensely better player because he's still valuable on offense and booker never made that leap defensively but he made the leap offensively like he's legit three level scoring he can do it in every single fashion and efficiently too and like you said like just adding ricky rubio <laughs> made such a huge difference to that sun's team so yeah he would be one of those guys in the kind of like same situation Schwin schwinn said but like the knicks gave up like this year's pick and like rj barry and then brought in booker I I don't think you could get mad at that. Like Booker is better than uh than Donovan Mitchell, and and I hate to reduce it to this, but Donovan Booker is also bigger than Donovan Mitchell, and I'd rather my lead guards or lead scoring guards be at least six foot six, and Booker is basically in that realm. Like I I rather that for for guard he, play. He's a way more dynamic playmaker too. Yes, like he can also he passes a lot better than. Mitchell as well. He doesn't like you don't want him to be your primary point guard, as you could see, but he's definitely like he's already the formulation of what you would want like RJ to be in terms of like that secondary playmaker who can do all these sort of things. Like we don't know if RJ's probably never gonna be as good as Booker offensively. Oh god, no. Like it's never it's not happening whatsoever. But but um Barrett in the in that role in terms of He's the secondary guy who's going to help create for you. That's what he's ideal in. And Booker finally was in that role and he was insanely efficient. So yeah, like if the, if the Knicks traded like Barrett, this, you know, this pick and maybe like a future pick, I, I don't think I would be upset at all, but he, I, I wouldn't would, do it. Like if, if I, I wouldn't do it either, because there's no point in doing it. Cause you don't have anyone to build around Devin Booker. If that's the case, but if the Knicks did do it and then they figured out some sort of way to bring in someone else, I can't really get mad at that, even though I wouldn't I, do it. I, it's basically still like, I mean, ultimately it comes down to the fact that it would still just be like a, a Giannis bet. <laughs> so the, the, the funny thing, like we've obviously talked with throwing RJ uh, Barrett's name around like the fucking redhead stepchild throughout two hours. Not worth. True. I love him. No, we, we love him. And also more to the point, oh, you like you the, the, <laughs> The Knicks love him. Like, the Knicks are, like, 
all as all in, I think, organizationally, just in terms of like their mentality, like they, I, I, this is not like sourced at all, but like, I have to think that if what we've, if what we've um, seen kind of reported, which is that like once, like what, what ultimately got Mills fired was the either the chanting at the garden um or like james dolan coming to the realization like you draft you traded away kp and like this is the team you gave me um i think there's been like a 180 i have to think there's been like a 180 like okay this guy rj barry's not not kp but he's the closest thing we have to a star left um like we're gonna do everything in our power to make him like well, that's fine with me because that probably involves not trading away people that he really likes, like Frank Nilakina. So that's good. I'm on board. <laughs> I also think RJ Barrett's going to – this may be a hot thing, but I think RJ Barrett's going to be better than uh, Porzingis. Whoa. Okay. That's, I think that's that's coming in That's coming in with some, some jets there. Yeah, that's that's hot. I'm pretty high on RJ Barrett. I just – I like – because it's just the type of player that I personally have like a bias towards. I think his – the type of player he is has way more value than – Porzingis. Yeah, like I just, base, I just so like both does. of like both that's those guys are going to be the second best player on like a good team, right? No matter like that's their ideal role. Like Porzingis right now is in like the ideal role for the Mavericks. If he actually learned how to set screens for Doncic, he would be even better. But like I think someone who's a wing who's that size and that strong, who has that pass feel, is way more valuable in today's NBA, and that's how you win titles, and that's how you have historically won titles. And I think RJ has all the goods. He just had a really rough rookie year, which is kind of understandable given the circumstances. Hey, hey, I, hey I, you, know, you know what I'd like to see? You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see RJ Barrett play without Julius fucking Randall for, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? Like, so it's just like he wasn't in the idea. No offense that. to Julius. He's done a lot of nice things during this quarantine. Shout out to, to Julius Randall for all that. But like, yeah, no. no I think yeah. Barrett has, and especially like his makeup to it, just like as a person. Like he has everything you want in like a franchise representing player. I don't think Porzingis ever has doesn't have that. Yep. And I think Barrett has that attitude. Like Barrett's going to improve no matter what. He's not going to be as bad. He's going to work his ass off. Not to say that Porzingis didn't, because by all accounts, he did obviously take his craft seriously. um, Although maybe his what he did in his spare time is uh, different. uh, The Porzingis thing is off the court issues. Different (laughs) conversation. But no, Barrett seems to take his life seriously. Well, obviously he takes his work seriously on the court and what the time he puts into it also. And also he has, he has basically been groomed to be an NBA star since he was 13 years old. So he knows not to do stupid shit. Yeah. Look like, um, it's look. I think RJ is. I think he. That's an easy guy to root for uh, if he's on your team. I don't think it. you have to worry about like. Look, like the the guys that generally end up, kind of like, consistently improving and outperforming the limitations you put on them are usually these like, psycho super focused, you know one-minded people right like somebody like like you can shit on i'll shit on russell westbrook all day but like nobody can deny that at least on an individual scale he has maximized every ounce of ability he has 100 Um, like like, he shouldn't be a good he shouldn't be a good basketball player but he is yeah he is because he just wants it that bad and i think those are guys that you you bet on and like 
he's not like Tom Sexton wants it bad, but he just like associates that with, you know, playing like a fucking coked out. It manifests rabbit, itself poorly on the like court at times. Rabbit right. mating season or something. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I don't sense that with Barrett. I think Barrett is is different. And you know, look, like if we're just talking about like general stuff with like how do you build this team? You know, one they you know, as we've gone through this exercise, they really almost none of these people or trades or anything are viable. Happen- nor would they be viable this summer, right? Like this upcoming off season. Yeah. Um, and like you know, there's two schools of thought. You know. Okay, so just play all the kids and like don't do anything stupid and see what happens in your pick next year. And that's fine, but I also think like there's value in just being like, hey, look, like we've got all these picks. You have some modicum of young talent. We're going to add another high pick this year. Um, let's get actual players on the court with them that are good and like let's not be scared to give out more than one year contracts. Like it is okay if you want to overpay Danilo Gallinari two years to come stretch the floor for RJ Barrett. It is okay if you want to give Fred Van Leet or, you know, if you want to give him uh, a two plus one contract because having a capable ball handling plus shooting point guard uh, for a couple of years. Yeah. Who's also good at defense. Like it has value. Like there are things that you can do to provide value to this team on the court now that don't kill you in the long term. Like you don't need to pretend that next summer we absolutely have to have max cap space and we have to have it hundred percent in place from day one because well, they, they don't because that's not how the NBA works nowadays. If a player wants to come to your team, guess what? He's goes there. We'll figure it out. If you, if you sign, like you sign good players to contracts, like it, I wouldn't rather overpay for those two guys and then like and 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 take the risk that they're not absolutely worth their contracts and then next year Giannis for some reason desperately wants to come to the Knicks and then we have to figure out how to trade them versus the alternative scenario where we are so obsessed with signing like these one plus one team favorable contracts where there's no like long-term commitment that we do a lot of similar shit that we did this year. And like, I do get that. I would be surprised if we do exactly something similar because I think Leon Rose, I I can't imagine they would have made a change if they wanted to continue to do something like that. And I think that Mills probably was directing the idea of let's only sign stars. And then if not sign stars, we're going to sign a bunch of these one year guys so that we can win enough games to go to the playoffs. Um, I, it seems very apparent to me he was aware of his own potential mortality in this situation now. <laughs> That's a good way of putting um, it. <laughs> and tried to make it happen and didn't. And I think, you know, for whatever that's worth, at least I think Scott Perry probably did a good job of getting the contracts in place that achieved that purpose. But, like, I would like this team to be able to trust themselves to get out a two- or three-year contract that doesn't completely suck. Like, it is okay to do this stuff. You know, it's funny. We, we talked about the Smartway Jr. thing forever. Bad contract, bad contract. Guess what? When he's, in, when he's the third banana, he's, he's okay. It's not, he's not a terrible contract to have in your books. It, no, it, it, was, it was made worse because of, like... The situation. Yeah, Like, we're doing this with Randall right now. We're doing this exact... 
fucking thing with Randall. And I don't like Randall as much as I like Tim Hardaway Jr. I think he's a lot trickier of a player to slot in and figure out how to use. But you, like, I think you could actually argue even the other. And again, you know, listen, you know how I feel about Julius Randall yeah. on, the, on the court. I think you could actually make the argument that it, it, he's it's easier to find it's let me how how should i put this there is a situation that makes him um, a valuable player that's probably easier to find than the situation that makes tim hardaway jr the a player of the same value purely because at their base julius randall is a better player than tim hardaway jr if this if that makes sense yeah i see what you're saying like tim hardaway is also in a perfect position right now in Dallas. Yes, he exactly. He will never be in a better. Of, yeah. Like this is like an ideal position for him. This is great. And he's worth all the money for Randall. Like, yeah, he's probably better. In the, he's always in the worst position he could possibly be in for as much as we shit yeah, on him. They, like, yeah, this is something I think Schwinn and I talked about like much earlier when basketball is actually being played. Like if the trailblazers traded for Randall, that would be a perfect position. That's the team that has been my dark horse. Like if and a just smart like, team it, to trade for him would be that. And yeah. We would, then we would look at it and be like, Oh shit, Julius Randall's actually good. And we're like, yeah, no shit. He's just, he shouldn't be the first option. And I think that was the biggest flaw that the Knicks did was not necessarily bringing in Julius Randall. It's just not being like, all right, we're going to run the team through RJ. We're going to run it through guards and call it a day. And that's what it should have been. Well, and, yeah, but those, the, the, that, the, the player that was going to warrant that, and we don't want to get too off top, but like, cause we got to finish up, but like the player that would have put Julius Randle in his proper place on the totem pole was not, um, whether you want to use the word available was not feasible, like wh- whatever. That guy was not coming this summer. So th- it was probably always fraught. Um, but yeah, I get, we, we get what you're well, saying. Well, yeah. That's, well, that's, that's, that's problematic than, than signing him if that was always going to be the case. But if the Knicks, honestly, if the Knicks just like draft whoever they draft in this year's draft, manage to trade Randall and bring in like Dalinari and Van Fleet for like two to three years, do you know how much, how helpful that would be for, Nilakina and Knox and Barrett and that rookie and you know what it's it is fucking it is so good for them just to improve as players because they'd be playing competitive basketball with smart intelligent guys who and they all fit together it would just it it is okay it is actually okay Um, and I I want everybody that's listening to this it is okay to want your team to sign good players and put themselves (laughs) in position to make like the six seed it sounds it sounds stupid but it it actually is worth saying you do that with young players doing a lot of good stuff and having a lot of future first something the knicks have both of right now so like it is okay if the knicks do that as long as they sign the right players to the right Right. contracts and they make sense with your young players like like that's fine what is not fine is you know signing alfred payton (laughs) yeah and like not doing it he does nothing for you really like those are bad Signing like even somebody like Bobby Portis, you bring him back at like five million. Is that really that bad? No. Whose minutes is he taking? I don't know. He's not taking anybody's minutes that I hey, listen, really give a shit. He, he was part of the most fun Nick lineup that I watched this year with Frank um, Knox, uh, insert shooter here, and Mitchell Robinson. Like that lineup worked. Yeah, yeah. He just somebody just has to drill into him. Like we don't need those two post ups again, buddy. Yeah, that's yeah. no, that's really all. That's, yeah, change those post ups to pick and pops, and and I'm, no, and I'm good. No one would complain about Bobby Portis. Um, all right, I want to I want to finish up and get you guys a chance to uh, plug your show before we get out of here. Two things I want to say before we get out of here. One of all the guys we talked about, um, I think the guy that I could see a trade happening for by far the most likely out of everybody we talked about is Devin Booker, just because. You know, it's it's Phoenix and like you never 
like it passed them to become a situation where somebody's like, get me the hell out of here. Um, and Is Sarver's still on the team. Sarver's yeah, he's still on the team. And like, I, I could, yeah, I, I could see a scenario where like whoever the Knicks draft this year, like has a good rookie season. And then maybe like the, you know, and like the Suns like, do like try to like make win now moves like this upcoming off season and it doesn't work. And like, they're bad again next year. And like, you know, push comes to shove and Booker gets put on the market and like the Knicks trade like picks plus like their, this year's upcoming, this upcoming year's rookie, like for him, like I could see something like that happening off down the line. And the second thing that I just want to say to, to the point that both of you guys were saying, I agree with you 100%. It's okay to want to get good players on your team. And I think what this, what this whole exercise has has brought to light is it's like, you know, it really is the fine print with this shit. It's like, there is no like, Oh, you guys are any Nick fan who doesn't want to bring this guy in and get everything, like send everything out the door to bring him as an idiot or like, Oh, you know, what's your end goal? If all you're doing next year is like winning the six, like it's, that's not how basketball works. It's like, it's, it's, this is like, there's a reason that (laughs) this stuff is tough and not many people do it well. Uh Um, so yeah. Um, just be smart. Just be smart. Don't do anything that is like obviously stupid on its face. Um, and, uh, that's all I really, that's all I really ask. Um, all right. Anything else from you guys? Uh, here, t- t- I'll give you guys your parting shots. Um, I think the only, the only person on that list, I think I, the only two people on that list, I really would like probably be okay with trading for that. Um, would you have to give up a lot of assets or Embiid and Simmons? Um, everybody else, I'm not sure, has the ceiling to be the best player on a title team kind of level, MVP caliber player level. So I would be a lot more hesitant <clears throat> to trade for them at the price they would cost. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Drew? Trey Young sucks. That's all I want to say. Because <laughs> um, sucks. Can one of you tell the good folks at home uh, where they could find you two? Not that anybody should want to listen to you on a regular basis, but just in case. <laughs> no. Uh, well, uh, you can follow me at Schwinnipoo on Twitter. And then we also have the uh, at posting show Twitter account. And uh, we drop our pod every Monday, which I'm assuming most people that listen to this would already be aware of. But you never know. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, Schwinn and I are considering doing more pods during the quarantine because, you know, what what else are we supposed to do? <laughs> so <laughs> we'll figure we'll figure stuff out. But yeah, this one's probably I don't know when you're dropping this, but the first you probably listened already to the one that we did earlier because we were dropping that on Wednesday. So which is tomorrow, right? I don't even know. <laughs> Today is we, we are recording this on a Tuesday. Today so is tomorrow. Jesus Christ. Time's a fucking flat circle, man. <laughs> Um, I what's my parting shot? Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Um, that's the most important thing I wanted to say. Thank you for indulging me in this exercise. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, just um, uh, stay safe, stay inside. Um, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Be kind to each other. And uh, yeah, we'll see you with another episode. Uh, whenever the hell we see you. All right, giddy up. Talk to you soon.